Welcome to the Jacksonville Bar Association podcast. My name is Craig Shoup. I'm the executive director here at the Jacksonville Bar, and we're excited to have you with us today. Today, our guest is the Honorable Kelly Eckley Mulder. Judge Eckley Mulder is a graduate of the University of Dayton School of Law. She obtained her bachelor's degree from Florida State University. Judge Eckley Mulder was the chief assistant statewide prosecutor for the Attorney General of Florida from 2014 until her appointment to the Duval County Court in 2016 by former Governor Rick Scott. At this point, we do have a quick message from one of our sponsors. I am Gwen Ullman, founder of Ullman Wealth Partners in Jacksonville Beach. Our firm has deep ties to the Jacksonville legal community. We help many lawyers and their families accomplish their financial goals. In addition, my partner, Pat Kilbane, practiced family law for a decade before joining Ullman Wealth Partners to run our sub-specialty in high net worth divorce advisory group, or what we affectionately call DAG. DAG helps a divorcee navigate the financial and emotional aspects of the divorce process, guiding with fiduciary investment and process advice. We don't act as lawyers, but aid the top divorce attorneys and mediators in Jacksonville to get the best results for their clients. Our firm believes passionately that all of our clients deserve and expect a deep personal and professional understanding of their values, their goals, their assets, their family, their interests, and their other professional relationships. Clients often describe our process akin to a family CFO, planning, investments, advice, implementation, organization, and stress reduction. We look forward to many years of collaboration with the JBA's members, families, and helping them with their community involvement as well. If you'd like more information or to talk to Pat directly about DAG, please give us a call. Thank you to our sponsors and all of our partners here at the Jacksonville Bar Association. Well, Judge, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about you and growing up and what led you down the path to become a lawyer and a judge. Well, I'm originally, well, from third grade on, I'm from Tampa, grew up there until I left to go to Florida State. Um, currently, I'm married, will be married for five years, coming this December. I have three stepchildren. When I first met them, they were 11, 13, and 15. Now they're significantly older. Um, the 15-year-old is now proudly serving in the Army as a military police officer out at Fort Bliss. Uh, my stepdaughter now has a son who is five months old, and they're going to be moving back to Jacksonville next month, so we're very excited for that. I'm now a Gigi. I'm not a grandma because I'm still too young, but I am a Gigi. And um, the youngest is getting ready to graduate from high school next year. Uh, what got me interested in the law when I was in high school, I took a criminal law class. And um, my teacher, Mr. Rice, would set up a courtroom and a mock trial. And he made me a prosecutor for one of them. He made me a judge for another one. And we had another class come in as our witnesses, as our jurors. And I was the first prosecutor to win his mock trial. And he kept me after class one day and said he thought I had some real talent and had I ever thought about being an attorney. So that kind of started to get me a little interested. And then at Florida State, I was a criminology and a psychology 
minor, a criminology major, a psychology minor. And um, that's what kind of got the ball rolling and serving as a judge in that whole mock trial piqued my interest in being um, a judge as well. So I owe it all to Mr. Rice from Gaither High School. That's a great story. Um, so you've been practicing for a little while now? Yes. Um, both on the bench for about six years and been uh, practicing the law before that. What's a great story of a case or a trial or something either as a judge or a, as a lawyer that has stuck with you to this day? Right before I got appointed by Governor Scott, I was working as the Chief Assistant Statewide Prosecutor, as you mentioned. And we got a call one day from some of our federal partners that they had some intel that there were three Ku Klux Klan members that, were, that had put a hit out on an inmate that had recently been released. And that case allowed us to work with the federal partners. We got to stage a murder scene. We got to put um, the target in protective custody. And we got to put those three corrections officers in prison for a very long time. It was one of the most challenging cases that I have ever done. Um, I've been practicing since 2001, and it was definitely one of the most challenging. It came with um, some threats and some danger um, for the prosecution of the case. I got appointed prior to the trial actually happening, so the person who replaced me um, as chief actually got to try it. And from what I have been told by the statewide prosecutor, they're looking to make it into a movie. So that was pretty neat to be able to look back and be a part of that and to know that we kept this man alive. That's, that's amazing. So if it's going to turn into a movie, who do you want to play you in the movie? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I have no idea. We'll have to see. I, I had a small role in the beginning part. I didn't get to try it. That's probably where all the good movie time will come from. So let you play yourself, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, so you've been on the bench. We talked about for about six years. Yes. What is something you see? Maybe new young lawyers are appearing from you. Being in county, you're seeing a lot of probably younger state attorneys, public yes. defenders, and you're also with Zoom. You're seeing a lot of folks who aren't really familiar with the Fourth Circuit. You're mm -hmm. seeing a lot of those folks coming here. What is some stuff? that you think these lawyers should know that they're not learning in law school, that's that about practicing here in the Fourth Circuit? What I would say to, to new lawyers is don't be afraid, as scary as it can be to tell a judge, I'm not sure. Don't be afraid to say that. Don't ever come into court and wing it or guess. You're going to get a lot more respect out of honesty and telling the judge, judge, I'm sorry, I'm not prepared with that answer, but if you give me some time, I'll get the answer for you. Um, I have had, you know, as you mentioned, in county court, we get prosecutors and assistant public defenders that start right out of law school. They're still pending bar results. Nerves are going crazy. You know, we've all been there. And sometimes things happen in their lives that lead them to not be prepared for court for one reason or another. Maybe there was a sick pet, a family illness, a death in the family, something along those lines. And they are afraid to let the judge know that something is wrong and something may affect their ability to perform as well as they could in court. One thing I would tell young lawyers is if you have something like that happen to you, ask the judge to approach sidebar. Let them know, hey, judge, 
this happens. I'm sorry if I'm not on my A game today. I just wanted to give you a heads up. We've all been there. We've all been new lawyers. We've all had things happen in our lives that have taken us off of our game. If you're standing at a podium and you don't know anything about your case, you don't know what's going on, we're going to tend to think you're unprepared if you don't let us know there's another reason behind it. And you don't have to go into extreme detail, but let us know what's going on. We understand that things are going to come up in, in your life. Just don't be afraid to be honest with the court. Um, don't be afraid to ask for, if you do a trial, ask the judge to go over um, some commentary with you. You know, what, how do you think I did? How can I improve? Once the, if it's a guilty plea, or a guilty verdict rather, once that period for the appeal is over, all of my colleagues would love to sit down and talk about your performance in trial. If it's a not guilty, there have been times I've gone right into that with attorneys. Don't be afraid to ask because we all were young attorneys and we learned from judges guiding us. So those would be just a few things I would say to the young lawyers. So I know we're talking about county court and we got civil and we got criminal, but you're doing some more than just that. It's a real service to our community. You're presiding over mental health court. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about mental health court. There may be a lot of folks out there that don't know what that is and the whole problem-solving court area. Well, I've been presiding over mental health court since August of 2017. Um, again, my minor was psychology, so that, uh, that has always been an interest um, to me. I preside over that on Tuesday afternoons. Uh, you can be charged with a felony or a misdemeanor with a diagnosed reoccurring mental illness um, that is longstanding. It's not my boyfriend broke up with me and I'm really sad. This is schizoaffective disorder, things along those lines. Um, there's five different phases that you have to go through. You must be in the program for a full year. That way we catch every holiday, every anniversary of some triggering event, and we're there to provide the support for it. Many times the state attorney's office will divert the cases to where once you successfully complete mental health court and graduate, your case is dropped and you get the seal and expunging paperwork upon your graduation. Other times it can be a condition of probation. Um, sometimes we've even had people who violate their probation and it's determined at that point that they suffer from a long-standing mental illness and we're able to get them help. It is by far one of the most rewarding things I do as a judge to be able to meet someone on the first day they come into mental health court. They have lost contact with their families. They may be addicted to drugs and have been self-medicating because they don't have access to the medication that they need uh, for their mental illness. And then to stand next to them at graduation and shake their hand, sometimes hug them, um, and offer my congratulations. Many times they're living on their own for the first time in their life. They have jobs. Um, their family is with them at graduation. Many people say that's the only diploma they've received in their life uh, from mental health court. It's just so rewarding to see what can happen when you invest the time and the resources into folks. It's, it's truly my biggest honor to preside over mental health court. So, Judge, I think another program you're partnered with is the Mental Health Offender Program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, that is a program that, it was a pilot program that started in February of uh, 2021. And it was to last, the pilot program was to last until September of 2021. 
Um, it was a partnership. Judge Mahan took this on. He partnered with City Council, Councilman Salem, um, the Schulzbacher Center, um, and we all collaboratively came together with uh, Magistrate Brady, and we put this program together. One of the biggest frustrations that I saw as a county court judge is to have somebody that is incompetent in front of us, and we can't do anything to restore the competency. All we can do is send them to be Baker Acted, and in 24 to 48 hours, they're right back out on the streets. Many times when I was in first appearance, I would see on a Monday someone come through. They would be what's called DN7, which means the charges are dropped and they're Baker Acted. And Wednesday or Thursday, they were right back in front of me for the same charge. They weren't getting the help. Um, and many of us expressed our concerns about this to Judge Mahan, and he took it upon himself to make this his project as chief judge. Um, and it has been wildly successful. It's been refunded again by city council. We've gotten funding from DCF, um, from many other services, service providers rather. Judge Mahan has been amazing in this. Um, Magistrate Brady has taken over more of the responsibility for it because I was somewhat burning the candle at ends. I kind of ran out, ran out of having, um, but I'm still involved in it, still signing orders. If Magistrate Brady can't preside over court, it's one or two Mondays a month. If she can't preside, I'm, I'm presiding over it. Um, but in order to give my best to all of my other responsibilities between mental health court, criminal bench, the civil bench, traffic court, J1, every, all the other responsibilities that I had, I needed to just kind of step back a little bit from it. But I'm still very involved in it, still very proud for the program that Judge Mahan was able to put together with Schulzbacher and the city council. And I, I think you're being a little um, light for yourself. I know you've done a lot for that program and it continues to grow from the things you set in place to get it started. So that thank you for what you've done for our community for that. Well, absolutely. And, and just to say what it does, the Schulzbacher is able to provide wraparound services. Um, it's for people who have been incompetent and we get them stabilized on medication. Um, the Schulzbacher Center was able to partner with different hotels throughout the area where we are able to house the participants until we can get them into ALFs, assisted living facilities, mm -hmm. or other areas. Um, a couple of our graduates, the first graduates we have, are proud residents of the tiny homes here in Jacksonville. Um, one of our graduates, uh, First Coast News, did a story on him not too long ago when he graduated in October. Um, that it, it's, it's really an amazing program. I'm very proud to be part of the Fourth Judicial Circuit because we truly are dedicated to helping those suffering with mental illnesses, and I'm proud to be a part of it. That's, that's fantastic. Um, kind of shifting gears a little bit, why do you think it's important for lawyers and judges to be members of the Jacksonville Bar Association? I think it's very important because you make lifelong friendships, you make lifelong contacts here. Um, obviously, for those starting out, it's great to get involved in the, the Young Lawyers Division. When I first moved up to Jacksonville um, in 2008, I had already practiced for seven years in Miami, so I was aged out of the Young Lawyers um, opportunities. But there's always something going on, and Jacksonville is a big city, and it helps make it a little bit smaller. Um, it's not even just about the legal community, which obviously that's very important, but Later on in life, when you get married and you, need, and you start having children, 
your a contact at the Jacksonville Bar Association may be able to help you get into daycare. They may be able to help you recommend a great doctor if someone is ailing from um, something that one of their family members had. It's not only the business contacts, which will help you obviously advance your career in this area, but it's also the personal contacts that you're making as well. Many times we see on Facebook and stuff, the weddings and stuff, it's all Jacksonville Bar Association members that are standing up with the bride and the groom because they're lifelong friendships that are made. And I think that's a great way to make this huge legal community a little bit smaller. I was talking to one of your other colleagues recently and he was telling me um, a bar member introduced them, he and his wife together. Um, one of them, I think, was a roommate at one point. Mm -hmm. It's just, they, it's a, it definitely helps you meet all these people that, like you said, will be your friends forever. Absolutely. So speaking of friends, and this is um, one of my favorite questions from this whole series. <laughs> um, what are some favorite places you like to go to dinner with your family and your friends? Well, I have to start by saying after the COVID weight gets put on. We're trying to eat healthier. We're trying to eat at home a lot more. That being said, anytime you put sushi in front of me, I'm going to be there. The entire seven years I lived in Miami, I never ate sushi. It wasn't until I came to Jacksonville, and now I love it. And that's some of the best seafood I could have had in South Florida. And for whatever reason, I never ate it down there. So any kind of sushi we love to go out for. Um, we live over on the west side. So anytime we get to take a jog out to the beach and go to any of those restaurants, we love doing that. But we are trying to be healthier and grill a lot and cook a lot at home. Sushi's fish, right? That's healthy. Yes, but the cream cheese and the <laughs> fried nature tends to kind of yeah. add up the points for those of us trying to watch our figures. It's a treat yeah, for us to have it. There you go. Well, Judge, if somebody wanted to talk to you maybe about the best way um, to be more involved in the local legal community or about mental health court or the MHOP program or multitude of things, and maybe a comeback, they had a trial in front of you and wanted to talk to you about it, is the best way to reach you probably just call in your office? Absolutely. My number, my judicial assistant is Erin Jacobs, and her number is 255-1336. And obviously, I can't talk about an open and pending case, but anything after um, a case, other, either the appellate window is closed or it's a not guilty, or um, you know, if you just want more information about mental health court, maybe for a client or something along those lines. Um, I have to be careful with the ex parte. We all have to be careful mm -hmm. with the ex parte communications, but I'm always happy to try to help. This, is given, this career has given me so much. I would love to help anybody else out that I could. And call you for sushi recommendations. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. Well, we thank you, Judge, for joining us today. We're excited you were able to join us. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you all at our next episode. Thank you very much.